1: They are who we thought they were, and we let them off the if hook. I get out of hand, just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter to the west right tight. F left, 372 wide stick C spot.
0: The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt.
1: Well, i am I going to go to college? I'll just play football.
2: Yeah, what's up? What up? (laughs) Welcome into the show. There you go. Toot that horn, baby. Sometimes you just have to toot your own horn, Roger. (laughs) I've heard that. Nobody else? Dynamite drop-in, Roger. That broadcast (laughs) school really paid off. (laughs) That was the exact line in Major League, Monty, the color analyst, he said, I, I heard that. <laughs> that was the exact one. And then Harry Doyle, played by the great Bob Euchre, without hesitation, says, dynamite drop-in, Monty. <laughs> <laughs> that broadcast school really paid off. <laughs> Bob
0: Euchre is one of my favorites.
2: Oh, he's fantastic. <clears throat> one of a kind. You know what? And hey, let me tell you something. He was even on a sitcom for a while, wasn't he? Yeah, absolutely, he was. Because uh, he's kind of multi talented, dude. Doggone it, Roger! Now I can't remember the name of the sitcom. Was it Alf? I think you may be. I th- be, I that th- would be funny. Alien life form. The sitcom Alf. No, it wasn't Alf. We got that wrong. Hold on a minute. I'm gonna find out for you. You know his name is forever hard to spell. Because you always want to type the the E in first is Euchre, but you go U E C K E R. It's a very unusual spelling, and uh, I, I just don't remember that. I can picture it in my head, and it was on television for a Mr. long time. Mr. Somebody, Ah, uh, Mr. Belvedere. There you go. That's it. And that's where you can. You know, they they probably did a primetime tie-in with Alf. You know, you know how they used to appear on each other's. Probably did. Shows back in during ratings, yeah. Probably why I thought it was on there. So, yeah, Mr. Belvedere was on from 85 to 90, from 1985 to 1990. It was a very popular show, and it was funny and it was good, and, you know, a primary reason why it was good is because Bob Euchre. I, I mean, you th- Bob Euchre, like, facetiously, uh, self-deprecatingly referred to as Mr. Baseball, and his stick began, like, even at right at the end of his playing career, which was he played in the major leagues, okay, for Pete's sake, but his whole stick was about how not good at baseball he actually was. He'd go on the Carson show and crack everybody up, telling these jokes about how the team would leave for a road trip and purposely not tell him what time the bus was leaving and stuff, you know? <laughs> he uh, just joke after joke, and then he, his personality, it turned it into a, an acting career and he was on Who's the Boss, too. Who's the Boss? And all the while, Bob Future Futurama. All the while, Bob Euchre has been the play-by-play announcer for the Milwaukee Brewers all these years, still is, um, and does all kinds of crazy stunts up there and everything. So, yeah. So, that's it's in the... Fatal way.
0: instinct. I mean,
1: he got around.
2: I'm telling you. He was in all kinds of stuff. The guy is unbelievable is what he is. And in just... Sure, in real life, he kind of has a potty mouth. But it's always in a funny way, from what I understand. (laughs) Yeah, the stuff that he's been in over the years, in terms of acting, it's really incredible, Bob Eucher. That's how we got on the subject. So, Mister Belvedere was on from uh, eighty-five to ninety. I watched a few episodes of a show uh, this weekend. It was one of these retro channels on television, and and Roger, I watched a few episodes of a show that was on at that same time from eighty-five to ninety. The show 227. Remember that one? That had the, uh, the Florence from, uh-huh. um, what's the, what was it, Jefferson's. Yes. Right. Right. She was, uh, had her own spinoff there. It, that's exactly right. Florence Henderson was sort of, uh, it was a spinoff sort of of the Jeffersons. That's exactly right. Um, I, yeah, I say Florence Henderson. It was played by an actress named Marla Gibbs. And I looked at that as a great show. We used to watch that all the time. And um, uh, two of the main – all the main characters are still alive from 227, except for two of them. One was the grandma. Her name was Helen Martin. She played Pearl. Helen Martin, uh, she passed away in, I think, around 2000. She was born in 1905. How about that? And then the other was Elena Reed Hall – who played Rose, the best friend, she was relatively young. She was on Sesame Street. That's the way I remembered Rose. The woman who yeah. played Rose on 227 was on Sesame Street all those years when I was a kid. Um, and she she passed away several years ago, like in '9, in I think. But all the rest of the show is still there. That was a great show, too. Same time, friend. Well, how about that for a start on a Monday? Where are we? What is this? Who am I? Welcome in. I'm Matt. I'm in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau. Go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local people that you can deal with face to face, one on one when it comes to insurance. That's what you want. Both from a company and from an agent standpoint, And that's what you get at Farm Bureau. You'll be glad that you either have or moved your insurance to Farm Bureau. Uh, also staying connected to you because of CSpire, They got a couple of deals going on. I'm going to tell you about those throughout the show. Uh, you can be a part of the show just like Joel and J.R. and many others have texted already this morning on the text line. The number is 885-ESPN, eight eight five three seven seven six. 3776 It's a 601 number, 885-ESPN. Joel texted Mr. Belvedere, so did J.R. They were right on top of it. Yeah, Brooks. In who's listening in uh, Lafayette, Louisiana? Not what up, our Brooks? What up, Brooks? Not, the, not, not uh, Gridiron Brooks. This is Louisiana Brooks. Yeah, that was his line. Dynamite drop in money. Not the best color guy in the league for nothing. <laughs> yeah, I would
1: so fit that character. That'd be me. He would come to me. I'd have. I got nothing.
2: Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> money just always sat there an inch away from the microphone he was ready at all times he just sat there and smiled the whole time that's pretty much it he was there just in case harry doyle got a little too tipsy during the broadcast not tipsy but too tipsy yeah and then some little hat tip there to harry Carey. (laughs) that's right somebody texted in and said what about those light beer commercials he yeah they made some they made some great commercials with uh Again, they were all self-deprecating. He'd talk about how great he was and in actuality. We all knew he wasn't. Well, you, you know, a caller
1: would call in and challenge him on that. You know, like, and he'd go, oh, disconnected. Call
2: back. <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry. I uh, lost you there. <laughs> uh, the more we go on, the more it sounds like this show. Or starting <laughs> to sound that way anyway. <laughs> I'm sure we have a topic. <clears throat> I'm sh- <laughs> Somebody give me a topic, any topic. And get me someone while I'm waiting. That was the line from uh, Christmas Vacation. Great show. So thanks for your text. Now, you can also, and I invite you to be a part of the show. Six zero one nine nine five one zero five nine. That's right. That's the first number that the Out of Bounds Show built. <laughs> I just want to thank the Out of Bounds Show for building that phone number so that I could use it. <laughs> because I needed it to be able to take phone calls. My man Bo and all those guys. 601 995 1059. That's the Davini Equipment phone line. Davini Equipment, Madison and Jackson. Your Kubota dealer. In fact, listen up. Uh, right there in the Jackson and the metro area. This Thursday and Friday, it's the Kubota field event at Davini. Kubota, big deals on Kubota. Live in store demos on equipment. And it's a chance Over to you, Matt. To, thanks, Roger. I'll take it from here. Chance to get into the seat to ride before you buy. And that's a big thing. Go test drive and hang out with them. They've got special events going on. And you need to come in there to get those discounts, up to also an additional $500 off select models if you come in. They're going to have in-store giveaways, hourly door prizes. They will serve lunch. Lunch. Did you hear me? Lunch at DaVinnie.com. They'll serve it to you and give you free stuff if you come in on Thursday and Friday. Thursday at Davinny in Madison. Friday, Davini in Jackson. Got the week uh, kind of sort of planned. I, I'm, I know that right now my plan is to be with y'all at Davinny in Madison on Thursday. And so we'll see you there. Anyway, give me a shout. 601-995-1059. Well, this week is a lot of things. Thanks for tuning in. This week is a lot of things. Okay, you just had the Grove Bowl where you had spring football. That's what it's called, spring football. And uh, they they call it Grove Bowl weekend at Ole Miss. They kind of built it around the football game. Baseball really is what brings people on, on campus, though. It's kind of interesting. And Ole Miss swept Florida, beat the tar out of Florida. This past weekend in baseball. And I'm going to give you a full recap, let you hear what Mike Bianco said and all that kind of stuff coming up later in the show. So uh, that's coming. You just had that. This week, coming up, here's the train, Roger. Here it is. The real thing. That's the real thing. It's just right outside my door. We're rattling pictures off the wall in here. This week is the lead-up to Super Bulldog weekend. And, you know, I don't know... The genesis of that term, like, you know, who you credit it to, Um, you know, it's some past administration at the school because it goes way, way back. The idea that they're going to have a spring weekend, build it around baseball, where you're going to have baseball, softball, maybe tennis, and spring football game all in one weekend. Everybody comes back for like a spring homecoming. State really has done an excellent job with that over the years. They did a great job and it made a, a smart move when they decided to brand it as that. And it really has kind of turned into a thing, and they get big baseball crowds on campus for it, and it's a lot of fun. So that'll be this coming weekend. Uh, spring football will kick off at one o'clock on Saturday at Davis Wade. There will be a radio broadcast for that. <clears throat> uh, I'll be up there with Neil and we'll have Jay on the sideline. Then uh, you'll have baseball. So State's going to host Alabama in baseball this coming weekend, Super Bulldog weekend. But it's not just those things. It's one other thing that, frankly, universally is an even bigger bigger deal than those things. It is Masters Week. Cue the music. (coughs) Masters Week. Augusta, Georgia, at Augusta National. And look, it is interesting to me, and always has been, how of all the golf tournaments, it's the one that resonates the most with people that aren't even really in golf circles or aren't necessarily diehard golf fans and watching every single tournament every weekend and those kinds of things. It it resonates much farther and beyond like your typical inner golf circle. Now, what is it about that and, and how and why? I, I think the Masters at Augusta National could probably be everybody's case study in marketing and branding. Now, it's got a lot of things going for it. It's the first major of the year and all that, but – it is entirely unique, too, in that it's got the imagery that you get because of the time of the year and the location there in that part of Georgia where just about every year you get azaleas blooming and, you know, the, the colors and everything that you see on television when you watch the Masters. It is It is a case study in marketing and branding. You know, in the same way that Tiger Woods – Resonate as an individual golfer athlete in the same way that he resonated with people of every demographic way outside of your typical golf fan. The diehard golf fan can tell you a lot about Freddie couples. And Bernard Langer. You know. And Zach Johnson and, and some of these others, the diehard golfer can tell you all about those people You know a a, a 16-year-old kid who doesn't even watch golf on the weekends can tell you about Tiger Woods in the same way that Tiger Woods penetrated the the, the demographics that normally don't pay attention to golf the masters kind of does the same thing It really does and that's what this is masters week It's green grass It's kind of like opening day of baseball season in that for everybody, it signals spring is here, winter is behind us, green grass, pretty flowers, warm temperature, birds chirping. You know, it signals that. So weather is a part of it. But because of the golf course, the way it looks, the way it's marketed, it just pulls everybody in this week of the year, every year. Again, you can be a diehard you know, football fan, baseball fan, and not really care a lot about golf, but you'll pay attention to the masters. You'll watch a little bit of it. It's just something so unique about it. I find it incredibly interesting. And coming up, I'm gonna tell you a story about my trip to the Masters last year, the 2018 Masters, with my wife. There were a couple of things, not just, I'm not gonna just say, oh, we went, and we did this and we did that. There was a couple things that happened that. I was kind of blown away away by it. left a lasting impression with me uh two different things, and I'll tell you about that coming up when I was able to go, thanks to the generosity of some friends I was able to go to Saturday Sunday Masters last year with my wife, and it was just a great 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 experience and can't wait to maybe 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 fingers crossed have that experience sometime again, but you can never have that first time experience going to the masters. Again, that only happens once, and it was a really neat thing. Weather was phenomenal. Anyway, I'm going to tell you all about that. All right. Back to Super Bulldog weekend, though. You got that coming up. Let's talk about it now on the DaVinny Equipment phone. DaVinny Equipment, Madison and N. Jackson. Chicken Hawk, what's up? Yeah, I, brother, I got to
0: straighten you out, man. You hung around with that dude up there from the school up north on that other channel too long. This is Hell State, by the way. This is super bulldog. I play past the pool in school, don't get me wrong. I like to play past the pool. But this is super bulldog weekend. And you left out a good sport that I've done, too. I track. They have a track lead up there this weekend, too, Bubba. Now, I ain't much about that running. But I love uh, field events. You know, I pole in and throw the shot put till I got too fluffy. My senior year I had to give up the pole. Mm-hmm. But now this Super Bowl <laughs> dog weekend, bro. What's wrong with you? You played up there.
2: Well, well I said it was Super Bulldog weekend though, didn't I? That's what I talked about for ten minutes before I talked about the Masters. Oh man, then you
0: jumped on with it. like I told you now, I played Pastor pool when I was in high school. Still play Pastor pool, Like playing Pastor Pool. What is that? But, 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 you say are you oh you call-
2: that's golf, man. Oh, he's calling golf Pastor Pool.
0: Yeah, dude. That's what. That's all. That's what golf is. Just pasture poo. You go out there and you got a real nice manicured pasture with a a a a, pool, a, a pool stick that you don't put between your fingers, but you put all your fingers around it and you try to knock it in that hole, just like playing poo.
2: <laughs> hey, Chicken Hawk. I talked to. I interviewed Bill Dance one time, the great fisherman, and he told yeah. him it, he was fishing in a boat in the lake at Old Waverly Golf Course during a golf event. And I was interviewing him, and I right. said, why aren't you out here playing golf? He said, well, I don't play golf. I said, why not? He said, well, my philosophy is the only reason they call it golf is because all the other four-letter words have already been taken.
0: <laughs>
2: he hates hey, golf. Hey, I have, I have
0: taken uh, over here at the Forest Country Club, and for the folks to go to school up north, that's spelled F-O-R-E-S-S-T, F-O-R-E-S-T, Forest. <laughs> At Forest Country Club, dude, I've wrapped many a mini or iron like a two, <laughs> maybe a seven iron around a pine tree. And back them days, uh, you know, I used some of them four-letter words. So I know what he's talking about, bub.
2: I bet. Well, I'm with hey, you. Look here. I'm with you.
0: I, all right. Well, look, here, I, I got to go down here and feed these chickens at this big poultry palace. Uh-huh.
2: So hell, state, brother. All right. Hell, state. Chicken hog. Track and field. He said, and I quote, I throwed the shot put for a little while until I got too, what did he say, fluffy? That that was the, he also did the pole vault. Yeah, he got too fluffy. He he said he had to give up the pole. Right. (laughs) I bet. I heard that. I'm Dynamite drop in. Yeah, I had a boy, Chicken Hawk, Super Bulldog weekend. Two points came from that. Number one, don't you dare leave out the track and field events. And number two, it does not take precedence over, what do you call it? Pasture pool. (laughs) (laughs) Pasture pool. All right. Divinity Equipment Phone. Next up, Winslow starting me off on a Monday. What's up, Winslow?
0: Hey, Matt, how you been?
2: Just right. Thank you.
0: Good, good. I was just going to give you a little background. Uh, Super Bulldog Weekend actually started out in the the, uh, mid-'80s, just called Super Saturday. Okay. Uh, When Charlie Carr was the uh, athletic director, they wanted to come up with some kind of big event like that, you know, spring homecoming. And Mm -hmm. originally, you know, back then we played the doubleheaders on Saturday, so people would come up for that. And you know they noticed that the crowds were gathering, and I think it was '88 was the first year they they tried for the baseball uh, on campus record. Okay. Uh, somebody had, had looked it up, and I remember I think they said it was fourteen nine ninety. So they sold T-shirts at the game that said fourteen nine
2: ninety one and me. Uh huh. Very
0: they cool. Know how many? Yeah, I didn't, they didn't know how many were going to be there,
2: but they, they intended to break the record. I think I still got that t shirt. Very cool, Winslow. Hey, I appreciate yeah. the history lesson. I needed that. I didn't know it. So it goes back to the mid uh, 80s, and it was started yeah. as Super Saturday. Winslow, thanks for the call. We got a split, man. Appreciate you. All right. And then it turned into Super Bulldog Weekend. Very cool. I got a master story for you next. Stick around. Yeah.
0: To
2: the Mount Wyatt Show Bop, Baba Baba bop, On the show. Two good phone calls to start us off on the Davinny Equipment phone, Divinny Equipment Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer. I'll be there Thursday. Davinny Madison, y'all come see me. We'll have lunch together. Like free lunch. Who does not like free lunch? I love it. You can also text the show, 885-ESPN, 885-ESPN. It's a 601 number, 885-3776. On the text line a bit ago, we, we started off talking about Bob Eucher, the great announcer, funny man, was an actor, still doing the Milwaukee Brewers games. I don't know if he does them all, but he's still doing a lot of them. Funny. And he played Harry Doyle in the movie Major League. We got to quoting him. Here's a great one. Matt texted in a great quote. I remember this scene. The outfielder made an incredible dive and catch. Monty goes, Fly ball, caught. <laughs> that was it. Thanks, Monty. That was it. In regards to the Masters, all right, it's Masters week. It's Monday. They'll practice today, tomorrow. They'll have the Par 3 contest Wednesday. Tournament begins Thursday over in Augusta, Georgia. In regards to the Masters, let's bring it up. What is it? It just stands out. It is the one golf tournament. It is a major. It's the first major of the year. Beautiful scenery, green grass, pretty flowers, azaleas, everything blooming out. Usually, depending on weather, but most years. And it just resonates with a much greater, bigger audience, it seems like, than a lot of the other golf stuff because of some of those things. And speaking to that, got a text here on the text line that said, uh, it's Southern and it's a beautiful course. Yeah. You know, that that's the beauty. A lot of what you find watching it on television, a lot of it has to, it's a much greater spectacle than just guys hitting a golf ball. Pulling off great shots. They do that every weekend. This is different. And this is a great point from an unnamed texture in Jackson. It says, uh, people love to see what they are familiar with. It's the only major that is played at the same golf course every year. That's right. All the other three majors move around. The British, the U.S. Open, and the PGA. Do we still call it the British I do. Why? I mean, I know over the years it's branded more so as, quote, the Open Championship. I always call it the British. Why is that? I mean, and diehards know what that is. But you're right, okay? The, it's, like, it's like with the Masters. The storylines always get going and develop before the tournament. Whereas the other majors, they don't really develop until the tournament's almost over. Does that make sense? That's kind of what I think about the Masters. It's neat. All right, let me tell you a story real quick. Two things. One, my wife and I, we got to go last year thanks to the generosity of some friends. We go. We were there Saturday and Sunday, all day, both days. And it's our first time to go to the Masters together. she had never been before, period. I went several years ago to a practice round on a Tuesday. So it's a lot of firsts. Our first time for either one of us to actually see a tournament day. First time to see it together. First time to be there all day. I mean, it's just a first all the way around. Saturday, we went. Weather was beautiful. Saturday, we went and we walked all day up and down hills. And I was skeptical that she would be able to Handle it because it's very hilly and she's notorious for wearing shoes that aren't comfortable. And as it turned out, she outwalked me. I was the one hurting at the end of the day, telling her to slow down. <laughs> True story. I'm out of shape. And we just had the best time. But we walked and walked and we ran into a lot of people from Mississippi. We were recognized a couple times. She had on an old miss hat. I had on a Mississippi State hat. And people would speak to us. We ran into a lot of folks. Actually, it was interesting to to have that experience. That was Saturday. And then Sunday, we got there, and we spent the first half of the day, Sunday last year at the Masters, walking some on the front side because I wanted to see Tiger Woods play on Sunday at the Masters, and he was in a group right next to Freddie Couples, and my wife wanted to watch Fred Couples play. So we got to see all of that. So we walked the front side on Sunday. And then about lunchtime on Sunday last year at the Masters, we went – and posted up at 18 green. We didn't have chairs, but we were the first row of people standing behind those that did have chairs. We had a really good vantage point right next to the green, and we just stayed there the rest of the day watching all the groups. We wanted to be at 18 when the leaders came in and when somebody won the tournament and everything happened at 18. We wanted to be there for that, and it was just incredible. But something happened while we were standing there beside 18 green last year. Getting ready to watch, two things happen. Getting ready to watch Patrick Reed eventually come and win it. One thing was uh, watching the people around the green, they watched the leaderboard and they rooted openly and audibly against Patrick Reed. They groaned if he put up a good score. If somebody else put up a good score or he didn't put up a good score, they would cheer. But then when he came up to the green, they still stood up and applauded the same way they would for anyone else. But it was fake. The other thing was, we're standing there, and I hear this noise behind me at one point when Zach Johnson's group was coming up the fairway. There was kind of a commotion. I look, and there's a guy having a hard time walking. He obviously had what we would refer to as some sort of disability, and he was walking with a cane. And a younger guy, and kind of dragging one foot behind him. He couldn't walk like we can walk. But they were making way for him to come. He was trying to get up where he could see the green. And so he kind of scoot over and he comes up. and Somebody with a chair offered for him to sit down. He said, no thanks, I'm just here to see Zach. And uh, I'm, I'm soaking all this in. And as he's standing there, I'm remembering now that I saw this individual at the very beginning of the day on Sunday at hole number one. Zach Johnson hit his opening tee shot, and I saw this young man who obviously had cerebral palsy by himself with a cane walking up and down this hill at number one as fast as he could go. And I thought, he's, he's working. He's, he is putting in some work to get up and down these hills. That was at number one earlier that morning. This was at number 18. This young man walked with cerebral palsy, with a cane, all 18 holes of that golf course following Zach Johnson. And it just had this profound effect on me. And as soon as Zach Johnson put it out, he left. And it took every you know, bit of strength he had to, for every step. Every step was a grind for him. And here I was complaining about hurting feet after walking around about half the day. And I just thought it just had this profound effect on I me. Mean, look at the dedication of this, this guy. He must be a friend of Zach's, and he's following him in his condition. And I told some stories about that afterwards after seeing it, and I learned, people started to point this out to me, and I have learned since that that young man's name that I saw there, his name is DJ Gregory. You can follow him on Twitter at, uh, at walking for Kids. He walks alongside pro golfers 900 miles. <laughs> is, at one point in his life, had logged 900 miles walking up and down PGA golf courses, raising money to help other kids with cerebral palsy. Look it up on Twitter, at Walking for Kids. I came away from there saying, man, what's our excuse? Incredible dedication and toughness. That's the biggest takeaway I had from the Masters last year. It was incredible. All right, we'll talk with Parrish Alford next. A little football. Stick around. All right. Everybody loves some Harry Doyle stuff from Major League. Hogjowl texts the show and said, just a bit outside. Yeah. On one that was way outside. Going to chat in just a bit with Parrish Alford. Covers Ole Miss for the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal. They had a big weekend in baseball. They swept Florida. Uh, Ole Miss starting to hit the ball the way that uh, everybody thought they could. They've won now, what, five out of the last six in the SEC, and in between that inexplicable loss to North Alabama in the midweek, crazy stuff, that's baseball, but three out of the, I'm sorry, five out of the last six SEC games, including two out of three at Arkansas, and they really hit the ball well, but it was also Grove Bowl weekend, so that means spring football, and the football team had the spring game and had some fans in there, and Yes, it's scrimmaging and practicing and that sort of thing, but let's kind of get a feel for what came out of there. I did not get to see it, but Parrish offered, covered it. Parrish on the Davini Equipment phone right now. Parrish, Grove Bowl 2019 in the books. How did Matt Luke and the football team look to you?
1: Well, they looked like they were practicing against one another, Matt. You know, that's you've been in these games. Yeah. It's hard to tell. Uh, they looked good. You know, um... I think uh, you can see that the defense is going to be a better tackling defense. That was a huge problem for them last year. I thought uh, there was a lot of improvement there. I thought uh, pursuit to the football was good. No, They weren't dominant, which is, you know, you really don't want that in a spring game. You'd like to think both sides of the ball are going to be productive. But uh, I thought they got a lot done on defense. Matt Luke thought the defense kind of controlled things. Uh, One thing I was interested to see was – all right, what is this three four? What what's it really gonna look like? And uh for the most part, uh, I I thought on most plays it had kind of a four three look to it. Yes, you have three linebackers on the field, but they would take uh one of them, usually Kadir Shepherd, and walk him up to the line and, and he would be there uh as a defensive end as a stand up guy with mm-hmm. uh you know kind of in a linebacker stance uh while the other three linemen had, uh, had hands on the ground. And, uh, Shepard had a couple of sacks and Sam Williams, uh, out of Northeast also played well. And, uh, there's been a good vibe about him coming out of spring, Matt. A lot of, uh, optimism about Sam Williams. And, uh, as I watched the game, I recalled Jaquez Jones, uh, sophomore linebacker who came out for interviews or had come out, uh, the week before, and we were talking defense with him, and asked about Sam, and he said, "Look, uh, you know when you know teams sent out uh, a wide receiver to block him in that uh, outside linebacker position, that's that's not going to work." Yeah, and and I saw that play unfold when Miles Battle, a sophomore or a redshirt freshman wide receiver went out uh, and attempted to block Sam, and he just shed the block easily uh battle never really got into him, had any kind of solid contact and then made the tackle, a solo tackle. And and uh you know that's I thought that was a huge play for a guy kind of making that junior college to SEC transition. So we'll see. I, I think uh you know, this is not gonna be a dominant defense, but I think it will be an improved one.
2: And obviously there's questions about the defense, so a lot of people paying attention to that. But um, on the other side, with a new offensive coordinator, obviously, and Rich Rodriguez, what did you make of how the offense looked and particularly Matt Corral?
1: Well, you know, um, you want to see this high-profile coach come in and new offense, and you want to see something magnificent right off the bat. Well, you, you weren't going to see that because they weren't going to show much at all in the spring game. Uh, I thought they ran the ball adequately. You know, this is a run-based spread option. Uh, we've heard many times uh, Rich Rodriguez say that, that he's going to use uh, the strengths of his players. He'll cater his offense to do what his players do. Well, I think he has the uh, pieces in place to be a, a run-based offense. I think they have good running backs. They didn't use Scotty Phillips in the game. You know he was available, but they were protecting him. I thought they had some nice runs from Isaiah Willard, and uh, and really from Gerard Connor, the freshman out of Hattiesburg. Yeah, uh, I really think he's going to be a guy who contributes. Uh, Rodriguez says he wants to use three tailbacks, and I think he'll have them there. And and another guy to keep an eye on is going to be Devon Peniman. He was a four-star signee yeah. in the 2016 class didn't play much in 2016 and really was playing the best ball of his career in November of 17 when he sustained that dislocated kneecap. So a, a bad injury kept him out of all all of last season. Well, he's back, you know, and, and the question is how can he come back from that major injury? You know, Eric Swinney had two of them and, and really couldn't come back from those to be the back that he had been. Uh, Peniman looks strong. He looked good. He's far and away their biggest back, and he uh, he didn't really break tackles in the game. He averaged a little less than four yards a carry, but uh, you could tell it was not easy to tackle him in the game. And and he just he offers them something different if he can come back from that knee injury. So I, I think uh, Rodriguez has the parts and pieces in place. Matt Corral. Uh, You know, he was in a white jersey, so they couldn't hit him, and as soon as he started to take off, they'd blow the whistle, so I think he's going to be a a guy that fits well into this uh, uh, run-based scheme. I I think you're going to see the quarterback run call a lot more, and I think he's capable and will be able to do that, but he just wasn't able to show much of that in the pro Bowl.
2: Yeah. And I even saw, like, a few highlights, but there were plenty of RPO-looking plays in those highlights, you know, like a, the option yeah. to swing it out or keep it. And he kept it a bunch. And he he looks good running the ball. I don't know what his, you know, 40-time is, but I would suspect he's pretty quick. Well,
1: you know what? 40-time, I don't know what it is either, but it's, I'm sure it's good enough. Yeah, You know, it's, it's good enough if you uh, make right decisions, mm. I mean, uh, what do you think, Bo Wallace is forty-five-one? Well, it wound <laughs> you know, up, it, uh,
2: yeah, it wound up being about five flat, but he he ran the ball pretty well.
1: Yeah, he was an effective runner, and I think uh, I think Matt Corral will have that about him. I think he's got some savvy, and you know, I think he'll pick his spots well. And, you know, he'll be fast enough, and and he'll make uh, good decisions in the run game. He's got to make good decisions in the passing game. He had tried to force the ball down in the red zone around the goal line. And it uh, was batted around an interception and intercepted. That was uh, his only turnover okay. uh, of the day. But uh, you know he was good in the passing game. There were a couple of drops, but uh, he was twenty-two for thirty-seven. Showed some nice touch on, on a deep ball. But yeah, you're right about uh, the the uh, run-pass option plays there. It, it just looked like so many of the pass attempts uh, in this scrimmage were. Corral, just kind of gliding down the line of scrimmage and yeah. uh, dumping it off, or or, uh, or taking off, you mm-hmm. know. So a lot, yeah. lot of that
2: extended handoff type stuff. Parish, off right. the, uh, on your radio right now. Parrish, a couple of minutes left. Uh, crowd, good, kind of, sorta. Uh you
1: know, it was. I don't. I don't even remember what the attendance was. It was okay. It was better than last year when it was like 33 degrees and raining. <laughs> yeah. uh, but but you know it was it was such a different day because uh, there was the change uh, in schedule and, and baseball was going on while while football was going on. And you know uh, from a, a campus standpoint, you never want that. You always want to promote this as a big spring weekend. Yeah. Well it was, you know, it was pretty decent weather. It was kind of warm, but you just had you two big events going on at one time and like uh there were more people that uh, stayed with baseball especially when baseball got off to a mm-hmm. a good start in that early game.
2: Yeah. It's just kind of the way it is around here. Other people in other states probably don't uh, identify with that, but uh around here, man, <laughs> baseball's a big deal. And we'll have plenty of time to talk baseball is a big weekend for them as well. Parrish You've been a busy man on our radio and radios this morning, and I just appreciate it, as always. Thank you. All right, Matt. Have a good day. All right, you too. That's Parrish Alford. Covers Ole Miss for the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal. Follow him on Twitter, Parrish Alford. Just spell out his name. Yeah, um, you know, my sense a little bit is, I, I, I mean, I know at certain places spring football and the spring game – you know, at Alabama, it's it's just different than it is anywhere else. I mean, Clemson probably going to have, uh, you know, Clemson won the national title. They won't have a full stadium. They won't have 90,000. They won't seat 90,000 people there for a spring game, but they'll have a lot, you know, certain places. Uh, trying to think of some others who really will have a huge crowd for their spring game. Any others that jump out at you that I'm missing? I, I don't know. I mean, well, they have a pretty decent crowd at Tennessee. They're kind of excited. They like football. I just think, though, that we seem to be on the back end of the, you know, massive attendance for spring game craze. Seems That seems to be like so 10 years ago. Really? From about '09 to about – 12, 13, therefore about everybody was trying to see how close to Alabama they could get. And that was across the board. It wasn't just State and Ole Miss. But I I don't see that happening anymore. I'm not sure what the reason is. I guess stuff just goes in cycles. Good hour number one. I've enjoyed it. Hope you have too. And hour two, we'll see if it'll be even better. Who knows? Including a baseball recap of the weekend and what it sounded like on the radio. Stay with me.